0: always forget. It's a joy to see you all here. May the Lord bless you and multiply his grace to you in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are joining us via live stream, we're glad to have you with us as well. A uh, few things I want to make sure that you know this morning. uh, Firstly, is that uh, during the summer months, because people are away and traveling, and and here and coming here and there, and so what? And so, some things always change in the life of the church. And so, one of those things is that uh, uh, Steve uh, and Susan are out uh, visiting family, getting to know their grandson. And so, um, uh, and so, uh, for the next few weeks, uh, Jay Smith is going to be uh, leading that Sunday school uh, on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. Uh, sorry, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, so it will still be happening, it will still happen down in the fellowship hall in one of the rooms in the back, so uh, just to make sure that you know that uh, Steve is out, but Jay is taking uh, his place for the next few weeks. Uh, other thing I wanted to make sure you knew, this is a little bit uh, a ways uh, out, but I wanted to make sure you had it on your radar, is that on July 16th, which is a Sunday, immediately following the service, we'll have our annual church uh, barbecue and picnic at Elliott Boat Basin. So... Uh, as we get closer, I'll make sure that you have all the details and information you need. And then the last thing I want to quickly mention is that this isn't so much an announcement, but I just wanted to make sure you are uh, aware and, to, and also to uh, encourage you to do something. Um, we do have uh, several uh, uh, dear uh, precious saints uh, who are just not able to get here on Sunday mornings for various deep reasons. So many of you know Evelyn Cable, who is uh, at Durgan Pines Rehab Center, and she cannot get here on Sunday mornings. Many of you know Dwight Merrill, who is struggling with Parkinson's. He's at Oceanside. Uh, He cannot get here on Sunday mornings as well. And uh, there's uh, uh, Bill Shaw as well, who cannot get here on Sunday mornings. And there are others uh, who are not able to get here on Sunday mornings, uh, probably either not at all or not as regularly as they would like. And I just want to make that Make sure you knew that, uh, in part because I want to encourage you to, if you can, if you would, if you would uh, try to make some time, just to visit with these uh, dear saints. Even though they know that you care for them and that you are praying for them, uh, it, is totally some, it is something totally different when they actually see you face uh, to face uh, and to know in that way that you do uh, care and are praying for them. Even if you don't have like a specific word of encouraging, encouragement for them, just your being there with them is encouraging, even if you can only spend uh, spare about thirty minutes. I know that there are plenty of responsibilities uh, that are demanding of your time and energies. I understand that, but it would be deeply encouraging uh, if you could go out and even just visit with some of these uh, these brothers and sisters who could use some uh, encouragement uh, and if you want to know any more information um, about about where they are, what times, uh, please see me or please see uh, Rhonda Stevens or Eric Pigman as well and they'd be happy to uh, assist you and give you any other additional information or even just let you know of others that could use some encouragement as well. So let us uh, go before the Lord this morning and let us worship God. Uh, Even as we do so, let us believe also that God is with us as we meet together this morning. God has promised that where his people are, he will be there. Jesus promises his people that he will be with them even to the end of the age. And we have the Spirit of Christ who dwells, believers as well. Uh, So we have the presence of God with us, but even as we meet this morning, uh, let us believe that God is with us and desires to meet with us. And let us, that, let us be, let it be encouraging and motivating to you to come before the Lord, draw near His presence, uh, to worship Him, to thank Him for the great gospel of our salvation and the many blessings that we have in Jesus Christ. So let us, uh, let us lift up our voices and let us sing to the Lord. Amen.
1: Church, let's stand and do just that. Let's enter His gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Amen.
2: Sing together. What a love could remember No wrongs we have. All knowing, he counts not not their sum thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, is a mercy. Savior leads me. What have I to ask beside? Can I die?
1: Sing it once, but hope you guys can follow along. Amen.
2: Lord, Lord, from sorrows deep. shaken, torn in ruin from the fall. Hear my desperation, for so long I shall turn. i
1: And as we, as we sing these words, Father, asking for, for your mercy, for you, Lord, to, to lead us. And even as we just sang, that as our soul cries out to you, Father. We can find comfort in knowing, Lord, that our hope lies in you, Father. That our hope is in Christ, in Christ alone. God, thank you. Thank you that we can find comfort when we cry out to you, when we pray. Lord, that our affections, God, may be drawn to the work that you've done on the cross. Lord, you're worthy, worthy of our praise. Lead us now, Lord, into a time of prayer, a time of hearing of your word, God, that your spirit may work in our hearts. You may bring repentance and conviction, Lord, where where needed. You may bring us, Lord, to our knees. As we seek to honor you. Lead us now, Lord. I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, you may be seated.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, having returned a few days ago from, as I mentioned last week, the um, uh, SBC annual meeting, uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, good things that came out of it, so praise the Lord for that. I'll share more details in this week's newsletter and even provide a link or two for for your viewing if you might be so interested. Um, perhaps some of you have kept up with it um, just via online. Um, but the one thing I kind of wanted to mention that will really sort of uh, transition us into a time of prayer is that probably the the not probably but the uh, best uh, highlight of that meeting was was the IMB sending um, IMBC International Mission Board and it is sort of the the mission's arm of. The Southern Baptist Convention and all the missionaries that go through the IMB uh, do not have to raise their own support. Uh, they're all generously supported by all the churches in that make up the denomination. And they had a sort of a focused time where they would, um, where we got to know some of these missionaries. And so it was uh, 79, 79 missionaries who are planning on going to the mission field uh, very soon or later this year. Um, and you got to hear from every single one of them all seventy nine and it wasn 't this tedious thing it was actually just thirty seconds. You got to know uh, who they were, where they were going, and one prayer request and you had uh, i mean you had you had singles there, you had uh, single females, you had single males, and it wasn 't a whole lot of them it 's probably like, maybe like a handful um, and uh, personally, I think we, we need uh, more young people in the mission field, and specifically more young men in the mission field. Um, but you also had uh, young families with young children going to the mission field. You had older uh, families, older couples who already raised their children, uh, pastors who already pastored their churches, people who are already retired, have already raised their children, and then are going now to the mission field to proclaim the gospel to those who have never heard it before. Um, it was just absolutely uh, astounding, absolutely mind-blowing, and such a uh, joyous, absolutely joyous uh, occasion. Just to be part of that, just to hear the stories, just to be able to to spend some concert, some time just pr- praying for all of these individuals, for all of these families, and some of them you could not even see. Uh, they were behind a screen, and all you saw was a silhouette because uh, you because they needed to be protected. You could not see their faces, you could not see their names, uh, because, and you could not even see the specific location where they were going, because most likely where they were going uh, was hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and so it was, again, just absolutely amazing, crying the whole time, asking myself, what is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and so... Part of the one of the challenges about praying together on Sunday mornings is that um, it's not that there isn't uh, it's not that there's uh, that it's, it's not because that there is trying to figure out like what to pray for it's not because that there is so many little things to pray for like like you can't figure out what to pray for the problem is that there's so many things to pray for whether happening in the life of the church or happening in the world or just other things it's just so many so many things to pray for and that the, the time that we have on Sunday morning is just so brief for us to be praying for the many things that require prayer. And so, all that being said, um, I want to pray for a couple things. I want to pray with you for a couple things this morning. One for for fathers, this being Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, if I hadn't said that earlier. Um, But also to pray for these missionaries who are going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who have never heard it before. So let us go before the Lord and let us pray. Lord, we come to you as as our Abba Father. Lord, we could spend hours just thinking and meditating on the reality that the God who created all things, that the God of the universe would have us call him Father. Father. Lord, and to think that, that we are so unworthy to be called your children, and yet in love you sent your Son to die for us, so that this great chasm that stood between us because of our sins would be bridged together and reconciling us to you so that not only is there a restoration of relationship, but that we could even be adopted as your sons and daughters. And for that, we are so grateful. Lord, and we... And in our lives, Lord, we have, we have had many examples. We have had our own fathers. We've had those who have been examples of fatherhood to us. And even for many of us who are fathers, Lord, we, we now are an example to our own children. Whether they are in the home or outside of the home, fathers still remain that example to their children. And Lord, we are imperfect and we make mistakes and we have sins that we have to deal with constantly and that we have to repent of and confess before you. And Lord, you are, but you are the perfect father. And you are a good father. And you are and you are so, not because you give us everything that we want, but you give us what we need. And sometimes what we need is not what we want. And in our own examples, in our own lives, in raising our own children, for those who have raised their children, Lord, they know this through experience. And for those who are expecting to be fathers, they will soon know by experience that sometimes the things that are good for our children are things that they want least even though many times we want to give them what they want. But we know that sometimes what our children need is is to hear the word no, is to be denied of what they want, or to take away the things that they treasure most. Lord, and as as Christians, we look to your word, which there tells us that you are a good father because you also discipline your children. You discipline us, and it's because you love us in order to correct us, in order to show us our weaknesses and our sins, in order to draw us closer to you. Lord, help us as fathers to look to you, to look to your example help us to be a witness to our own children of the great fatherhood of God, that in our fathering that we might point our children to the great Father who is in heaven, that they might know Him, that they might come to love Him, that they might come to trust and believe in Him, so that they might call on to Him as Abba Father. Lord, and would you help us To maintain humility. To ask for forgiveness whenever we wrong our children. Help us to be patient and gracious with our children. Lord, and give us the wisdom to know when the answer is yes, when the answer is no. To discern what they need from what they want. And help us to be faithful in proclaiming the gospel to our children. We pray for those fathers who have children, who are outside of the home but are also outside of Christ. Lord, help them to believe in the God of of salvation. Help them to believe that it is not too late as long as they are alive. Help them to believe that you can still save them and help them to plead and beg before the throne of grace that their children might be saved and call unto the Lord as Abba Father, that they might not cease, that they might not give up in knocking at the door and asking for the salvation of their children. And even now, help them to be an example to their children of Christ-likeness, Father, we pray, Father, we pray for these missionaries. The word says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach without being sent as to this How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news? These are the ones who carry beautiful feet because they bring a message of hope, a message of salvation, a message of a God who has sent His Son to be the propitiation for sin. As the Apostle Paul had once said to the Ephesian elders that he goes into Jerusalem not knowing what awaits him except for chains and imprisonment to Lord These missionaries will soon go out into the world not knowing what to expect, but for some there may be persecution, for some there may be imprisonment, and certainly for all of them there will be trials and there will be challenges. Lord, help them to remember that there is a God who goes before them and a God who goes with them. that the God who has called them is the God who will also strengthen them and sustain them and equip them with everything that they need in Christ Jesus. Lord, encourage their hearts. Help them, Lord, as they sacrifice, as they leave behind the many comforts to give their lives the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, reward them with deeper communion with Christ Jesus. Give them the boldness to proclaim the gospel. Lord, protect households, protect families, protect marriages. Lord, protect all of them from despair, from hopelessness but help them to cast every anxiety upon the Lord Jesus and that in turn you might give unto their hearts and their minds the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, strengthen them and help them winsomely to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray for the salvation of of many, upon many, upon many, all to the glory of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we look forward to all that you are going to do and help us to be faithful, to continue to pray for one another and to continue to pray for the evangelization of the world, to continue to pray for missionaries And it is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you would please turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8, which is 26 and 27. So, sticking with the same passage, we first explored last week, so this is a continuation of last week's sermon. Romans 8.26 Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is the will or the word of the Lord. Abba Father, as we explored last week, there are many weaknesses in us for which we require the Spirit's help. And many of those weaknesses some of us carry with us even this very moment, even in this moment, in this hour. So would you help us by your Spirit, strengthen us, teach us. Lord, and fill us with more of your grace and more of your mercy. Even as even as we draw before you through the word, even as I intend to draw closer to you through the word, Lord, would you in turn draw near to us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the great... One of the most great and momentous sieges in all of history was in 1565, and it was known as the Great Siege of Malta, a siege that lasted for about four months. And it was the Ottoman Empire who had assembled one of the most powerful armadas in history came against the small nation of Malta with 40,000 soldiers versus just a meager 6,000 soldiers of Malta containing also superior weaponry and numerous weaponry in comparison to the nation of Malta. And yet, after four months, Malta held out and claimed victory, showing then that superior numbers and greater forces do not always guarantee victory. One of the most powerful and essential and vital tools or instruments in a Christian's arsenal is the instrument of prayer, certainly much more powerful than the armada of the Ottoman Empire. And it is this tool that we continue to devote our time to. So we've been going through the past two or three weeks exploring the topic of prayer and last week, and if, I, if you haven't listened to last week's sermon, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to that sermon. We took a look at Romans 8, 26 and 27, put a magnifying glass to the word weakness there to sort of broaden that out and help us to understand much more broadly what could these weaknesses mean for which we require the Spirit's help when it comes to the topic of prayer. And so that sermon focused much more on the text, the weaknesses that we carry in ourselves, the spirit interceding according to the will of God. And so this sermon actually focuses, still anchored on the text, but still but much more focused on the application that we did not get to last week. So while that sermon was much more sort of, sort of I guess, vision-casted, much more theoretical, this one is much more Practical. So that's the aim for the sermon. But to begin, sort of a quick recap, quick review what we covered last week. We need divine assistance in the Christian life. Jesus says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot do anything to glorify the Lord, we cannot bear fruit in keeping with repentance apart from divine assistance so that is why we have the spirit of the living god residing in believers it is the spirit of god who helps the poor man to write up his request and it is christ who brings the petition to the king and gets it granted and so we need the spirit the spirit to help us in our prayers in john john chapter 9 verse 30 in john 9 we have the the, the, the story of the man who was born blind and received his sight, who initially did not know that it was Jesus who healed his sight. And in his exchange with the religious teachers, he says in John nine thirty, why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he, that is Jesus, comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. The Gospels and the rest of the New Testament will go on in many ways to explain that verse, that verse in 31. Now what does it mean to worship the Lord? Who are the true worshipers of God? Who are the ones who have the ear of God when they pray to Him? And It is those who are who are indwelled by the Spirit of God. It is those who have believed in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who have submitted their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ who have confessed their sins to the Lord and have, are, are constantly giving their lives to repenting from sin and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ, and apart from receiving Christ Jesus as Lord, and as a result receiving the indwelling of the Spirit of God, then you remain outside of Christ without the Spirit of the living God that comes from believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're still under the wrath of God, still under the judgment of God still set out to be eternally separated from God and from paradise, from His eternal Eden, from eternal joy, until you come and to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and then gifted with the Spirit of God who is the seal of your being reconciled to God, the proof that you have been forgiven of your sins, and who is also the seal of your adoption as a son or daughter of God. That is this adoption that gives us the listening ear of God, so that when we do pray, God listens to us with an ear to respond, with an inclination he's bent towards us in order to do us good. And so we need divine assistance, we need the Spirit of God to be able to pray in the first place, but even as believers, we still require divine assistance as we lift up our heads and our voices to pray unto the Lord. And we talked about the different weaknesses that we carry in us, for which require divine assistance, talked about the flesh and desires, that sometimes our flesh and our desires are contrary to the desires of the Spirit, so they are constantly opposed to one another. That sometimes we are praying for things that are contrary to the will of God, Sometimes we desire those things that are actually not good for us when we think that they are. Our sins also are weaknesses for which require divine assistance. since because it has a separating effect that distances us from God. And so we constantly must confess our sins as a way to draw near to the Lord. There's coldness and indifference as well. The great burdens of Scripture, the things that God is affectionate towards, the things that God Loves and has great care for, sometimes we don't share in those concerns. Sometimes there's an indifference in us for different reasons. He talked about forgetfulness as a weakness which requires divine assistance. Sometimes we just read the word, and hours later we forget what we read. We forget what we learned the day before. We forget what we learned last week. But the Spirit of God has been given to us to help us to pray because the Spirit of God, the Spirit who does not forget, and especially does not forget, what is the will of the Lord. So we require the Spirit's help. and As the passage tells us, that one of the primary things that the Spirit prays for you is for the will of God he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. God being the one who searches hearts, is also the one who knows the mind of the Spirit. And how does he know the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He knows the will of God, and he always prays according to the will of God. So the Spirit of God has also the mind of God. and That's how he knows what the will of the Spirit is, but because also the Spirit is verbally, vocalizes his prayers on your behalf, and they're always consistent with the will of God. God knows by just listening to the prayers of the Spirit that the Spirit is praying for the will of the Lord to be done in your life. That is his chief concern, so that when our weaknesses impede us from praying as we ought to pray or praying for those things that we ought to be praying for, or simply because we do not know the full extent of the will of God for our lives, the Spirit always does. And because the Spirit always prays according to the will of God, the answer from heaven is always yes. When the Spirit prays, like the Hebrew language, the providence and the will of God can only be read backwards. But the Spirit has the full picture. Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph was reading the will and promise of God backwards when he says there in Genesis 5, 20, as for you, after having been sold to slavery in Egypt by his brothers and gone all that he had gone through, now being second to Pharaoh, he says, And you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring him out that many people should be kept alive as they are today. He was reading the hand of God backwards. In his challenges, in his trials, certainly he must have thought to himself, this just doesn't make any sense. Why is this happening to me? Where are you, Lord? Lord. But it wasn't until he got to this point in Genesis 50, in this time in his life, was he able to see, wow, now I can clearly see the will of the Lord. Now it all makes sense. He had a clearer picture in that moment. So in the same way, you and I don't have the full picture right now. There are some things that we do not know. There are some things that we can never know. There are some things that we will only know 5, 10, 20 years from now. But the Spirit already knows the full picture. He already has it. And while you and I cannot, because of our weakness, are not able to pray as well as we would like according to the will of God, because we don't have the full picture. It hasn't been revealed to us. The Spirit knows the full picture, and He prays according to that picture. And sometimes it means that when He prays for us, it is praying for things that in the moment we may not necessarily want or like, but He knows better than you and I do, that it will ultimately be for good. right? And So we want, we want someone to be praying for us in that way. So then, if we have the Spirit of God interceding for us, and we could rightly say that the Spirit prays a lot better than we ever could, and because He has the full picture and we don't, Right, a natural question that might come, and that is, well then why pray? Right, the Spirit does a better job at praying than I ever could, and he has a full picture, and he intercedes on my behalf. Well, why do I need to pray? Why should I continue to pray? So one belabor to the most obvious answers to that question, but one Answer that question is we pray because we're commanded to. Right? Repeatedly the scriptures tell us that we should be praying, that we ought to be praying. And secondly, because the scripture also tells us that you receive not because you ask not. So we cannot expect to receive anything until we ask first. So two immediate reasons why we still should pray. But we should also consider the essential nature of prayer. The essential nature of prayer, I think, should also encourage us to continue to pray, not discourage us to pray, knowing that the Spirit is interceding for us even now. The Spirit has been given to us because of our weakness. To intercede for us is part of His role as being the helper He prays according to the will of God. And this passage shows us the essential nature of prayer. I mean, think with me for a moment. Imagine with me a conversation between the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the subject of conversation is how does God accomplish his will in the life of his children? How is he going to do it? He could simply just snap his fingers and it just happens. That's not the way that he's chosen to do it. So God says, I have determined my will. It has been set. I am the great architect. I have designed the will. It's going to be accomplished. To which Jesus responds and says, And I have secured it. I have secured it through my blood, through the cross. I've guaranteed. Your will will be done in the life of your children. But the question still is, well how then will the will of God come about come to fruition in each of your lives? Moment by moment, season by season, year by year, trial by trial, how is the will of God going to be accomplished? And God has decided and said, "I will send my spirit." who knows my will better than anyone else because we share the same mind and the same will. He will go and indwell believers, and he and I will accomplish my will through believers, through the intercession of the Spirit, making then prayer absolutely essential and vital. He has determined that his will is going to be accomplished through the prayers of the Spirit, that you and I can trust that that the will of the Lord comes about, not necessarily because of anything that we do, not because of anything that we can contribute to God's divine and sovereign plan, but it comes about through prayer, the Spirit's prayer for you. God the Father determines His will. God the Son secures the Father's will. And God the Spirit prays for the Father's will. So knowing then how essential the will of God is, or how essential prayer is for the fruition of the will of God in your life and mine, then that should encourage us all the more to continue to pray But not just pray, but to harmonize our prayers with the prayers of the Spirit. So that we are praying in a manner that is consistent with the prayers of the Spirit. So that we are working hand in hand, working together with the Spirit to the same end. And that is that the will of God might be accomplished in our lives. In this way, we're called to make progress to continue to grow. right? The scriptures do not have a category for a stagnant Christian, for a Christian that never matures, for a Christian that never grows, for a Christian that never increases in knowledge and understanding, who's never growing in holiness and sanctification. The scriptures don't have that kind of category, but certainly presents the Christian life as sort of an uphill climb where, yes, it is challenging at times, but it's one of progression. Growing in conformity to Jesus Christ. And as I was thinking and studying the topic of prayer in the scriptures, I actually came about I came across a passage in Luke 11.1, 1, which caused me to pause for a moment. And there it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And I paused when I saw that passage because disciples are asking Jesus, teach us to pray. And they know that John the Baptist's disciples asked the same thing of their master to teach them to pray. And I thought to myself, "When having been a Christian for, I don't know, Almost fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years, something like that, but also growing up in the church as well i don 't think ever once I ever had like a lesson Bible study on prayer that 's just a topic of prayer, like but how do you pray? I think when people assume that just you just do pray you just you just do prayer and to some degree it is that is why for most for many of us we 've heard the definition. That prayer is just simply talking with God in a way it is, for sure. But if you might remember for a couple weeks ago, it is much more than that. Prayer is one of the most challenging things that we can do in the Christian life that we're called to do. In one part, because of the constant distractions that come about in our minds as we pray, it's hard for us to stay focused, making it oftentimes quite difficult to pray. but even the topic of prayer, something as simple as prayer is something that John's disciples and even Jesus' disciples needed to be taught how to do. So he asked, teach us to pray. And as Christians who are looking to grow more and more conformity to Jesus Christ, growing in greater maturity, we should also consider our prayer life and making progress in our prayer life. And I'm not just talking about So here the author of the, letter of the letter to the Hebrews writes to his audience sort of a, a rebuke. Some of you ought to be teachers at this point, but you're still needing milk and haven't progressed to solid food. In other words, why are you stagnant? Why have you been growing in your Christian walk? Ephesians 4 tells us that we are to grow up in every way into him who is Christ. And so as we think about making progress in the Christian life and tying that into the topic of prayer, how do we make progress in our prayer life? How do we learn to pray? What does it look like to pray? How can we pray? And this is where we get to harmonizing our prayers. It's like the tuning of an instrument. I'm amazed by by skilled musicians because what they can do, if they have an instrument that isn't, that's out of tune, they can just simply listen to another instrument that's tuned. Playing the same notes, if a guitarist has a guitar that's out of tune, they can listen to the piano and the same tunes played on the piano and tune each string according to the sound on each piano. So in the same way, in order for us to a way of us making progress and learning how to pray and growing in our prayer life is tuning the instrument of our prayers to that of the spirits. So then, how do we do this? How do we tune this instrument? Well, firstly, this is the most obvious one, and really every other application that comes from this comes from this first one. It's hard to do the other ones if you don't do this one. And that first first one is just to open the word. Read the scriptures. And don't just read it passively. Be an active reader. Think about the word. Meditate on the word. We read the Bible so we can meditate on the Bible and we meditate on the Bible so that we can then pray the Bible. It is spending time staring at the Bible. Again, again, it's like Jacob wrestling with the angel of God. He would, he would not let him go until the angel blessed him. So, in the same way, are we willing to wrestle with the scriptures until we receive a blessing? Until we understand? Until we learn? And when we think about what we're reading, not only does it help us to remember what we have read, but it also helps us to pray. It gives us fodder for prayer. It is a way of praying the Scriptures back to God. And as we read the Scriptures, and as we think about the Scriptures, one, way, one thing to look for that also helps you in praying is, what are the reasons to praise the Lord? Does this passage, does this chapter, does this section give me any reasons? What give me any reasons why I should praise the Lord. Not that you need to look for any, but passages of Scripture can oftentimes give us many reasons to praise the Lord, and that can be used as fodder for prayer and thanking and praising God for who He is or what He has done or the blessings that He has bestowed upon your life. Look for the promises in the Scriptures. Does this passage contain any promises that God has made to me? The promises of God are like debts, or like IOUs, so that when you come into the bank of God's grace with that IOU or with that check of God's promise, you cash that in and God receives it. You pray the promises back to the Lord. Those are the things that God has guaranteed to answer in your life. You pray for the doing of the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 tells us explicitly what is the will of God. And I think it is certainly much broader than this, but this is, tells us at least one aspect of what the will of God is for your life and my life. It says there, this is the will of God, your sanctification. So praying for sanctification. Lord, make me more holy. Lord, help me to repent of my sins. Help me to not be attached to my sins. Something else to consider if you want to tune the instrument of our prayers to that of the Spirit is consider the prayers that are already written for you in the Bible. They're there for us to imitate. As a pupil imitates his teacher, as a student imitates their mentor, and as the disciple of Christ is called to imitate their Lord and Savior, so the prayers of the Bible are given to us to be able to imitate. Imitate those prayers. Pray those prayers back to the Lord. They're divinely inspired. Written by the hand of God through human agents. There's a wonderful prayer in Ephesians 3.14. It says there, there, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, that that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, where's the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There are several things you can draw just from that short prayer. I mean, it begins by praying. For strength, according to the riches of the glory of God. I mean, how rich is God in glory? I mean, immensely rich. His glory never runs out, and it's according to that glory that you are praying for strength. For what purpose? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Meaning, so that Christ might make His abode in your life more and more. Praying that God would expose anything in your life that you are holding back, asking, Lord, whatever those deep recesses in my heart that I am holding back for you, I'm praying that you might take control and take over in my life, because I want to surrender everything to you. And even praying for the strength to comprehend the Mount Everest of the love of Christ as surpass passage knowledge, not just Facts, not just information, as important as those things are, but this is calling for something that surpasses that kind of knowledge. It's praying for an experiential knowledge, an intimate acquaintance with the love of Christ, wanting and desiring more of the love of Christ. Imitate those prayers in the scriptures, pray the commands of scripture. Whatever those things that the Bible explicitly commands, pray to that end. Praying to the Lord, God, give me the grace to obey what you command. That is a prayer that God is more than pleased to answer. Praying about those things that the Bible condemns. Lord, help me to not walk in this way. Help me to stay away from these vices. Lord, help me to stay away from these sins. According to the examples that you have in the scriptures of many of the biblical characters. First Corinthians 10, the Apostle Paul says there that he lays out the examples of the, the Israelites who had sinned to receive the judgment of God. And in 1 Corinthians 10 6, he says there that these have been given to us as an example, so that we may not desire as they did. Look to them as examples. What are the virtues that we see in David? or in Samson, or in whoever else that we read in the Scriptures. What are the vices? Lord, help me to imitate those virtues. Lord, help me to stay away from those vices. All these characters ultimately are intending to be arrows pointing to the same object that is the person of Jesus Christ, the great hero of the Scriptures, the one that we are called to imitate most. But even as we look at those characters, the good things about them, but also the bad things. Let them also point you to the person of Jesus Christ and using that as Father for prayer, praying that you might be conformed more to the image of Jesus Christ. We also should pray for those things that the Bible tells us that we ought to pray for. It's another way that we align our prayers with that of the Spirit. Matthew nine thirty eight, for example, says, Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Right, So praying for evangelization of the world, praying for missions, praying for missionaries, praying that the name of God might be known across the world for the great worship and glory of Jesus Christ. Something else we ought to consider if we want to align our prayers with that of the Spirit is spending time time and reflection and examining ourselves and asking what are my desires? What are my petitions? What am I praying for on a regular basis? What what are those things that I'm always praying for? What is the first thing that I pray for when I go to pray before the Lord? All these things can be pretty revealing consider the content of your prayers. Consider your walk with the Lord. Are there sins you need to confess and repent of? Are there any desires, any idols, anything that is competing for first place in your heart? With the catechisms, they can be incredibly helpful for prayer. I mentioned one a couple of newsletters ago, one that Martin Luther wrote, a short catechism, and in that he had sort of, in that catechism, he has sort of these several prayers, like mealtime prayers, bedtime prayers, things like that, and that actually can be pretty helpful. In one of those, he writes, I thank thee, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray thee to keep me this day also from sin and all evil, that all my doings and life may please thee. For into thy hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. That thy holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. These are few things we learn from that short prayer. He worships and praises God for God having kept him throughout the night and letting him live to see another day. And then he makes his request to be kept from sin and evil, to be kept from the evil one. And then he makes a resolve or a resolution. He says, I commend myself. I give my life, body and soul to you for your glory I would commend to you Valley of Vision is a collection of prayers of the Puritans, either using those to pray to the Lord or using that as fodder for prayer as well. I would also commend to you Olney hymns, O-L-N-E-Y. They are hymns and poems written by John Newton that are excellent, excellent for generating prayers unto the Lord. When we align our prayers so that they are more consistent or even complement the, the intercession of the Spirit, we are working hand-in-hand hand with the Spirit, and not only that, but there's also another who joins us in praying for us. Romans 8, 34, it tells us there that Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who was seated at the right hand of God, and is indeed interceding for us. So not only do you have the Spirit of God praying for you, but you have the Spirit Jesus himself, who is not only the divine son of God, but who is also fully man, who understands our weaknesses, who understands our trials, who understands our sufferings, making him a sympathetic high priest who is interceding before the throne of grace. So that not only do we have him, but we have the Holy Spirit of God also interceding for us. And you can bet that they are both interceding in a way that is consistent with one another. They're harmonious prayers gifted unto the Lord on your behalf. And so knowing this, is it then not desirable? Would it not, should it not be desirable for us to harmonize our prayers so that they are consistent, more consistent with the prayers of the Spirit and the prayers of our beloved Savior. And when we have this going on, when we have Jesus praying for us, Holy Spirit praying for us, ourselves praying for ourselves in a way that is consistent with the Spirit, and when we have the church, when we have brothers and sisters praying for one another in a way that is consistent with the Spirit of God, I mean, it is absolutely incredible. It's like sending a volley of arrows into the kingdom of heaven attached with our prayers that the Lord himself, that God our Abba, Abba Father cannot help but listen to and be inclined to respond because they are the kind of prayers that he loves to hear. At the great siege of Malta, a great armada has been assembled. The great forces of spiritual evil in the heavenly places. Psalm 2 tells us that there are the kings and rulers of this world in this age who have set themselves against God's anointed, who have severed their bonds from the Lord in rebellion and seeking to siege against the kingdom of heaven. But they cannot ever be successful because you cannot ever topple the walls, the great walls of the kingdom of heaven. But for the saints, we understand and know that there are great things in the kingdom of heaven, and how are we to lay claim to the great treasures of the kingdom of heaven? How are we to take hold of the promises of God? How are we to be furnished with the full armor of God? How are, we be, how are we to be possessed by divine grace? How are we to capture the great gems and pearls of the heavenly kingdom? Only by besieging heaven with our prayers. Only with divine assistance to the power of prayer can we lay claim to the great promises and the great treasures of the kingdom of heaven. Oftentimes when God designs mercy, he stirs up his people to pray. Oftentimes God has reserved his divine grace and mercy just waiting to be poured out, but he will not dispense them until his people are stirred up to pray, because that is the only way that they can lay hold of that divine mercy and grace and those blessings of the kingdom of heaven. Then let us pray that God would stir us up to pray. Again, not just pray more frequently, though certainly that is helpful, but aligning our prayers with that of the Spirit. Looking to the Scriptures to teach us and help us to pray prayers that are much more pleasing to the Lord. And certainly the Lord is pleased with the prayers of His saints because you are His beloved children. But how wonderful it is to have our prayers in harmony with the prayers of the Spirit. So the fragrance of our prayers are that much more pleasing in the nostrils of the Lord. Let us pray to be stirred up to pray, and let us stir ourselves up to pray. Let us look to the Word. Let us look to the prayers that are written in the Scriptures. Let us look to the examples. I mean, even looking at the book of Acts and what God has done each time that the church prayed. We will continue in the same idea next week and we'll finish our series on the topic of prayer and looking at the Lord's Prayer as sort of a, an example Of a prayer, and learn to see what exactly are we praying for when we pray that prayer, as we do sometimes on Sunday mornings, when the the saints pray fervently, pray in a way that is biblical, in a way that is harmonious with the scriptures. Praying together with the Spirit, praying together with the Lord Jesus, all these things have a way of besieging heaven in order to claim and receive those promises and those blessings of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we ask that you might help us and teach us to pray. Lord, we're thankful that you do not require poetry. You do not require an essay without error. You don't require eloquence in our prayers. You receive our prayers as weak as they sometimes are. You receive them, and you enjoy to receive them. But Lord, as as those who desire to make progress, in our Christian walk and continue to grow in more conformity to Jesus Christ as those who hunger to greater maturity. And I pray that that would be the case in every one of our hearts. Lord, help us also to desire to grow in our prayer life, that we might learn from the scriptures, that we might pray the things that we read in the scriptures. That even as we pray, and as we learn to pray, and as I, even as we apply what we learn to our prayers, Lord, that we might be even more animated and stirred up to pray. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Spirit who intercedes for us even now as we pray the Spirit intercedes and prays for us. What a a wonderful gift. Holy Spirit, please continue your intercession on our behalf. Please continue to pray for us. We are more needy than we realize. Please continue to pray for us according to the will of the Lord. And teach us to align our prayers with yours. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church,
1: let's stand. And uh, in response of uh, the message, let us. Let's sing one more song together. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus.
2: In Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often pour. to God in prayer? Have we trials and temptations? and trouble, trouble anywhere? And we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so knows our every weakness take it to the Lord in prayer are we weak and heavy laden conquered with the load of care precious Savior still our rest as the Savior.
1: father for your will over our lives thank you for our sanctification thank you for your spirit when we don't know how to pray thank you for your word teach us how to pray lord lord may your word strengthen our prayers place in us an understanding of your word that may lead us to obedience as well. God, may our prayers be filled with your Spirit. Bring us to repentance, Lord, as well. And may our prayers be aligned with the Spirit. God, may we be encouraged knowing that the Lord Himself, Christ, is continually interceding for us. How comforting is that, Lord? And may your will be done. May your promises be fulfilled, Lord. And may you store, may you stir in our hearts, Lord, to pray. God, we ask these things the glory of your name in jesus name we pray amen amen the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all church god bless you you're dismissed amen